0: This is Comment Picks by The Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? Doing good. Hey, and we've got a special guest this time, our good friend Myron.
1: Hello, I'm back. Special guest star. Special <laughs> guest. Yes. Special guest. Who could speaker. it be? Myron <laughs> Hampton? Wow.
2: Or the black-ass monster, as they call me. Yeah. <laughs> you're going
1: gonna, to gonna sell us some Mac borrows. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever they call him. Nah, <laughs> some, some what? What do they call them the, you know, the Admiral Akbar sketch on um, in in Robot Chicken. I was like, uh, it's Admiral Akbar's cereal. What is it?
2: Uh, I forgot he had some like bootleg <laughs> cereal though that, <laughs> that that was like sugary coated, and he's like, oh, it's a trap.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, guys, show some respect because you know his voice actor just died.
2: I know. God rest oh. his soul. RIP. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but we've actually got a specific reason why we've asked Myron back this week, and that's because we're talking about Ninja Turtles.
2: Yes, and I love me some Ninja Turtles ever since the age of six. So, yeah, Jason told me about the topic and invited me onto the show today so we could talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which, you know, started off as a comic book back in, you know, 1980, 1984, surprisingly. Um, when the Turtles launched on the scene, it was more so exposed to the masses via the Saturday morning cartoon that aired on CBS. And uh, by then, you know, we were getting the Turtles with different colored masks. You know, Leonardo in the blue mask, Michelangelo in orange, Raff in red, and Donatello in purple. Yet, when you go back and read the original comics, uh, they're all done in black and white, but the il- cover illustrations... Uh, done in color they all wore red masks you know they weren't as um, um, color coordinated because you know when marketing to children like you know they wanted to have specific colors in order for us to differentiate who's who so growing up I never I knew about the comic book but I never really read it because during that time frame when uh, the comic book came out you know you had Uh, Transformers on the scene which I was more of a big fan of and uh, uh, He-Man you had so many other different uh, toys and properties out at that time and the Turtles comic was actually created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Liard and I believe they got a loan from uh, I think either uh, Kevin's uncle I believe Um, they got a loan to just get together and uh, just produce this one shot comic and I remember I remember reading it was a loan and maybe a tax return. Uh, they used to put this comic together, but they would just sit around, just kind of like joking, joking around on uh, you know certain characters. And I guess the turtles kind of spawned from a spoof of like uh, other comics during that era, like Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, you know
0: that dark and gritty. Yeah, kind mean, of the, vibe. the whole thing was it was a like spoof of all the uh, comics that were popular at the time. You had the uh, ninjas from Dare, from Frank Miller's Daredevil. You had mm-hmm. the mutants from X Men. And the teens and the Teen Titans. Right. You put all these together, and you make them turtles, and you start off with like this parody comic that just like took the um, underground by storm, and started this whole black and white boom for like for comics.
2: Right. So it's like you know during during that era of eighty, you know during that era of the early eighties, like they produced this one shot comic, and never, I guess, never really thought about that it would take off the way it did. Um, I believe they were approached by. A company rep. It wasn't Playmates at the time. It was from another another guy from another company. Um, they they wanted to you know start marketing the turtles and you know see where they can go from there. But it was um, Kevin Eastman and Peter Layard that actually took it to Playmates to pitch it. And together with Playmates and um, uh, Wolf Wolf Studios, Fred Wolf, um, they they produced a series about it. And I remember as a child. I remember the first initial commercial for the Ninja Turtles, uh, the core four turtles, Shredder, and Splinter. And those were like, um, was April in there? I don't think April was in there. But I remember those were like the launch figures. And I begged and pleaded to my parents like, dude, I want this. I want this. And I remember for Christmas, I got Leonardo, Raphael, and the turtle parachute. And the cartoon was just like a phenomenal hit. And that's all I would ever watch. And slowly but surely, it took over
0: my fandom over Transformers at that time. Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, like, I, I don't, I can't say I was, like, as big as, in, in, big as, into the series as you were. I mean, I watched the animated series the sp- 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 and I saw the first two movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I understand, like, you know, the first movie, it's like, you know, did a good job at adapting, like, the source material, and then things still they got more cartoonish as it went on, man. I didn't, I don't, I never saw the third movie, though.
2: Yeah, and and I'm such a fan of the series that, of course, I had to, Go watch all three, but you know it was it was a it was a steady decline after that. Like the first one was done, I believe, while Jim Henson was still alive, and uh, yeah, the Creature Shop that produced the costumes and the animatronic for Splinter, I mean, they were spot on. And despite despite them having like their kind of cartoonish look and you know di- different colored bandanas, it really stuck more along the lines with the original uh, comic book comic book story where you know uh hamato hamato yoshi had beef with you know uh what, what's his name Oroku Saki, thank you with shredder Saki, and you know they were once best friends and then they started beefing uh believe over a woman and basically exiled uh hamato yoshi so that he could take over the foot clan and you know eventually i believe he killed killed uh hamato yoshi's wife you know the same woman they uh rivaled over but in the movie they just they kind of you know split a little differently um with splinter being the pet of hamato yoshi but that's the closest we've got since they've been making turtle movies
0: yeah oh it's like wait wait um keep going because i got because wait until you hear what they did for the uh idw series okay so yeah so that's
2: that's the main storyline of uh you know the turtle the turtles i grew up with you know from from the first movie the second movie um you know i, I as a child i truly liked it but going back and watching it as an adult you know you could tell they were kind of catering more to the to the children you know to be able to create like better toys like super shredder and toka and Razar and then by the time they got to the third movie it just went on a tangent them traveling back to japan um and you know trying try to take down um the daimyo at the time so it, it it's it's hard to watch but as a fan you gotta at least check it out one time in your life i at least i think so but um yeah the turtles to me the turtles are a definition of true lasting um just true lasting like staying power um when they first came out on the scene smash hit but then by the mid late 90s you know the 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 brand started to fizzle out like their fan base started growing up and not uh you know becoming teenagers young adults and of course like their brand kind of like fell down and then they relaunched in the early 2000s going back hearkening back to the kind of darker tone that was established in the original comic books yet they took a different direction on the origins of like Hamato Yoshi and, and um you know, it did. It did fairly well too in the early 2000s. However, I do remember that that even came to a point where they just went on this weird tangent where they traveled to the future and uh, teamed up uh, with Cody uh, Cody Jones, who was the son of Casey and a- Casey Jones and April O'Neil. And that's where, like, for me, that at least that's where that series kind of fell off. And then uh, Peter Liard, uh, one of the co-creators of the of the Turtle series. Um, they did, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Lear didn't necessarily have like a falling out per se, but Kevin Eastman started getting, I probably more just just tired of like working on the turtles and wanted to do other things. Like he, you know, he had his, uh, you know, he had heavy metal, um, the heavy metal magazine he was working yes. on. So, you know, he just kind of wanted to, like, drop the kitty stuff and go back to doing what he loved. So he sold his half of the Turtles franchise to Peter Layard, and Peter Layard went on to sell it to Nickelodeon. And now the Turtles are having the biggest resurrection boom I have ever seen from any other uh, franchise. Um, They relaunched a few years ago. Um, I can't
0: remember the exact year,
2: probably 2013. Um yeah, they have that
0: animated series, right? It, yeah, okay, it's CG, right? Yeah,
2: the CG. Actually, it relaunched in 2012. That's yeah, it's the new current CG cartoon that's on Nickelodeon. And I, I have to say that I watch it like pretty much all the time when I can catch it. It's a really great series that not only harkens back to the original storyline, but to our, our, our cartoon childhood. And they met, and they 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 mesh very well like the the serious tone of like they're their beef with the foot clan and uh, the and Krang's people from Dimension X yet it still has the lightheartedness of like the 80s cartoon humor and there's actually an episode that I'm not sure if it aired yet or it's coming up but they actually cross over and meet up with the 80s turtles mm-hmm. so you you actually through through a portal going going through Dimension X so you actually see the current CG turtles go back into the 80s cartoon and rock that style that uh 2D like cartoon style, and then the 80s turtles
0: come into the CG world, and they're in CG style. So, well, the- you know, if, if like the d 9 crew can go back and meet um, the original Star Trek crew for the uh, um, Trouble with the Trouble's episode, then I have no problem with this.
2: Yeah, I think I think if you're a fan of like uh, franchises or shows that do that type of thing, and and you meet the the originals with the new and vice versa, like you you can't help but like you know feel joy as a fan. You know, just being able to watch and experience this, and you know, for the since the turtles relaunched their toy line, I mean, they're I think for the past few years they've been voted like you know best boy toy, uh, best uh, uh, toys for boys, (laughs) best
0: best boy toy. Good way to put it right there.
2: Yeah, but best toys for boys, I should say, for like over the past few years, because as like I'm not a parent, but I have friends who have young, young kids that, you know, they're all about, they're all about the turtles again, lunchboxes, backpacks, figures, the whole nine. And, uh, I have to say like, after seeing that, I was like, dude, this is a franchise that, you know, I wouldn't say was created purely by accident. It was more so just, you know, two good friends, you know, coming up with ideas, hashing out ideas and having a goal set in, just releasing an issue it was the first issue was like a 40 like a double size comic 40 page double size and you know that was just their immediate goal to get done however it's blown up into a worldwide you know phenomenon that everybody loves
0: yeah and it's like it's worth knowing that for a while like you know ninja turtles what like back in like the late eighties or nineties, ninja turtles like, like the most popular thing ever out there i mean when you and when you get to that point like you're gonna have this like this, this huge mind share that you're know, like hey even if like it doesn't like achieve the same red hot popularity that it was i mean you're always going to have that um fan base that, that remembers hey you know what i really liked the ninja trolls at one point right hey you know they're coming back again why not give them a shot so it's that i think that's key to their like you know they're like you know creating an enduring franchise but i think that also just the fact that you know like the stuff that's coming out right now is good i mean you say you really like the um the animated series is good right yeah like if you if you have cody or any other way of checking it out you and you
2: and you too john like you have to check out this turtle show from from the beginning because it really it really pertains to um it really pertains to the the real story like i mean you start off with like the turtles and the only my only gripe about that show is that april april and casey jones are uh 16 you know they're teenagers so they there's april's not you know um a reporter and you know casey jones is he, he's still casey jones you know just a street punk who wants to uh clean up his city and protect his city yeah. but it starts from the beginning where the turtles meet april and you know um Splinter explains, you know, his his history of how he became a rat and his beef with Oroko Saki, and and the Shredder this time around is way more. Uh, he's darker and he's more vicious. Like our the Shredder from the '80s cartoon, I love him to death because he's so goofy. And for a villain, he's like the dumbest villain ever because he puts two. And he idiots-
0: argues with Krang like they're an old married couple.
2: Yeah, basically, like him and Krang are like an old married couple, and they always send their children, Bebop and Rocksteady, who never get anything right, but they keep sending them out, sending them out to do their job. And even when they take matters in their own hands, they're still like a silly group of villains. But that's what made the cartoon so special is that you know you had this pure comedic aspect uh, through the show. But this Shredder, you know, he 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 doesn't hesitate to kill. Or do whatever it takes to get what he wants. In fact, you know, if if you it, if you if you haven't seen the show, I'm just gonna release a key point. So spoiler, skip through if you don't want to hear it. But there's a character in that show, Karai, who is quote unquote uh, Shredder's daughter, and she she is like Shredder's right hand man or right hand girl, I should say, who goes out and carry mission out missions for him. Well, you find out later in the series that. Karai is actually the daughter of Oroku Saki, I mean um, uh, Hamato Yoshi, Splinter, and his wife. And Shredder was so so bitter and so hate and and hated uh, Hamato Yoshi so much, he killed his wife, kicked him out, and got him ex out of his clan, and stole his baby girl and raised his baby girl to hate him and fight against him. So that becomes like a real focal point in like season. I believe it's season 2 and Leonardo being the current son of Splinter Hamato Yoshi, you know, tries to reach out to Karai and once the truth is found out, you know, he tries to reach out to her and and bring her and bring her back, you know, realize that she's been she's been played and she's just nothing but a puppet of Shredder, so it's very interesting on how they introduce some of these characters that we've grown up with into this new light. And uh, it's a really great show if you haven't seen it.
0: Okay, that's actually a good point to t- start talking about the IDW stuff because Karai is a character in there, but her uh, position is much different um, than what you're talking about right
2: there. Okay, let's hear about that.
0: Okay, uh, I, I want to start off by talking about the fact that I picked up, that this is another series I picked up entirely digitally. Um, this is through co- one of Comixology's bundles, and they sent to me a whole shitload of, of Ninja Turtles titles. I mean, we're talking about, like, like some 20 volumes of ninja turtle stuff from iw for like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's my uh, you know, hey, digital is like the way of the future thanks to my kindle and all. But um this is but this is this is the thing here. I mean, it's like, like I said it was an incredible deal and if it wasn't for this deal we wouldn't be having this podcast right now. That's that's what I'm saying. Now, the thing is this new tittle, new um, ninja turtle series. I've been hearing good things about it. Since it started up back in 20 like 2013 or so. And but it's worth knowing that it's it comes it's actually um co-written um or co-plotted by um, original creator Kevin Eastman with um with um writer um, Tom Waltz handling the uh, handling the, the um, co-plotting and scripting and um it's I, you know it follows like the same thing you know the Ninja, the turtles like the turtles and, and are still Tur- turtles and splinter are still still mutants and they're still still teenagers and all but um it takes a, a much Different um, route at first, because basically uh, all the char- all the characters start off as um, being um, um, lab rats, so to speak, at stock-gen Industries. And You know what that means, yeah. Byron Baxter Stockman. Yes, Baxter Stockman is is is, is um, set up as a, a main character from the start, being a like a brilliant um, brilliant um, like um, industrialist and geneticist who has plant like who has plants like you know this this Uzi's dis- discovered. And also, but um, at the same time, like you know, like it, it doesn't waste any time towards setting up the fact that you know, like we've got Splinter, um, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Raphael being um, his, his, like, um, like the like their um his disciples and setting up them as the, uh, being their own crime-fighting force. But at the same time, though, it starts off as being like you know, Raphael is um is being one of their lost characters, and introduces a new character, Old Hob, who's a cat who's mutated by the same mutagen that gave the turtles. And um, Splinter, their um, their humanoid appearance. Hmm. Now, it's you know eventually, like you know, everything is made right with the world in the sense that you know that they they defeat they they um they give they give old Hob what for, and um basically um bring Raphael back in the fold. But here's the thing for the series, and this is kind of like you know, and I realize this is a series about nin- about ninjas and mutants and I'm talking animals and like, you know, it, there's a very high suspension of disbelief into this series as well but what, um, what the IEW series does is that it adds another dimension of suspension of disbelief. Now this is either going to like, either draw you in further which I'll admit it ultimately did for me or just kind of make you go oh what the hell is that it adds another um, layer of unreality to this in the sense that it makes reincarnation a central part to this series as well because it turns out, as it, as it turns out, that Splinter and um the turtles, they're reincarnations of Hamato Yoshi and his sons from the feudal Japan era. Oh after, wow! Yeah, this is after that. We find out later in the series that um that that um Splinter or Hamato Yoshi you know and he and Oroku Sakai were um like we're uh, members of the same like uh, clan the foot clan and that the foot clan was originally, um like dedicated to um honorable pursuits it's like in like in the era until um Oroku Sakai basically had, um converted to a means for his own power and then Hamato Yoshi was disgusted with what his um fr- former friend had done and um and left and left in order to pursue his own but um when he left um, or Saki killed his wife, and and Yoshi had to escape with his sons. Okay. While um Yoshi basically planned um to event eventually avenge this insult, um Saki eventually caught up with him and killed him, and killed his sons as well. Okay. Eventually, it was re- it's revealed that that um through the me- through the mechanics of reincarnation, Saki um became the Rat Splinter, and um the sons were the. Uh, were, were born as turtles, and they came together in the lab at Stock Gen Industries.
2: Interesting. So, so Hamato Yoshi and his sons reincarnated as animals. Yes. What what about
0: uh, Oroku Okay, here. Okay, Oroku Oroku Um. Well, here's where it gets gets kind of kind of crazy because um it tur- because it turns out that um at the same time um Orokusaki was all um was also kind of a reincarnation was also um, subject to reincarnation as well. The um, the original head of the of the Foot Clan, um, he he uh, he defeated the um, the person who, like who was um, leading the clan at the time, but was also being aided by this the person who was being aided by this um, immortal um, being known as Kitsune. Mm-hmm. and you know it's like and basically it's represented as kind of a nine of a uh, multi-tailed fox in the like, okay. comics, and it turns out that um that that the guy that uh, that went um that when Oroki um, Saki's original incarnation was um, defeated, he was reincarnated as a person who defeated him's son. So, and so eventually, he, would, like, he, he like, Saki killed, killed his father, assumed control of the Foot Clan, and, um, and basically, um, but also, um, they were also aided in power through um, the me- mechanics of Krang. Because mm. it turns out that, cause, like, they, like, the thing about, the cool thing about the IEW series is that it makes... He does a good job of like um get adding of adding um um a lot of depth to a lot like the, a lot of these characters like Krang, we find yeah he's still from dimension x he's still in u he's still an Utram. and but we also find out that at the at first he was just like this like this spoiled brat who um just like he was like he was his dad was like the emperor of the u- Tr- of the utram empire and um he was just like you know just trying to do um coasting on this stuff but then eventually when he decides when he um tries to um you go on a mission in order to uh appease his dad things go badly but it also um like show like like forges him into the um like uncompromising uncomprom- uncompromising military leader that's needed to run the empire like at a, like after a certain point and um and so at one point like he's like dimension x and the earth, and earth are like, apparently pretty close on the dimensional spectrum so like he's like they're always trying to eye he he's been eyeing the uh Earth-threat conquest and terraforming, which terraforming is, which is, he's developing this thing called the Technodrome in order to um, terraform Earth in order Sweet. to do that. Sweet. Yeah, and, um, but at the same time, though, it's like, at, like, in the feudal era, he's working with, um, he's working with Oroku Sakai Kitsune in, in order to, um, secure, secure a power base there. Things go badly for him, and, but at the same time, though, they, they still get the ooze, they, um, Oroku Saki and Katsune so get the ooze they need in order to, um, basically allow Oroku Sakai to cheat death and then be resurrected by his daughter, um, Karai in the present era. Okay. Okay, no, not daughter, granddaughter in the present oh, era. Wow. So it's like he's, so he's brought back and, um, it's like, it's like you got this, like, a multi like generational battle between, um, you know, tre- between the turtles and Shredder at this, like in, at this point, and it's and um, you know, it's like I generally enjoyed um, like all these um, like reading all this stuff. I mean, to be honest, like I'm not sure how mu- like um, how invested I would have been if I hadn't gotten all this stuff at once, because I mean, like the uh, the, the scripting and the writing, it's pretty competent. Um but like not something like you know I would qualify as exceptional, but things don't really start picking up until you get to stuff like the secret history of the Foot Clan, which details all the stuff I was just talking about. And then also the City Fall arc, which is basically when Shredder steps up things in order to um basically drive the turtles out of New York, but also um to um brainwash Leonardo into becoming his the tune-in for the Foot Clan. Oh wow yeah it's like it's heavy stuff right there but and it's like it's it's a big epic storyline that really like shows the series like you know hitting its stride and then from there you get um like bigger stories oh well like, you know well smaller and more smaller and bigger stories like how they like how they um retreat to northampton it's like and um it's like and then they ha- then they um want i'm um, teaming up with with old Hob and his new mutant and his new mutant army it's like and then you get the uh they get the, assault, the attack on Technodrome, which they try to um, st- um, stave off Crank's um, plans for terraforming the world. And then the um, big vengeance arc, um, which I just read, which basically has um, – it picks up with um, Donatello being beaten nearly to death by Bebop and Rocksteady and then having to put his, his mind into the Shellhead in order s- to survive. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so- shellhead is like the uh, – he's like the uh, robot ninja turtle.
2: Kind of like a they they called him a chrome not chrome dome, metalhead in uh, the the original series.
0: Okay, yeah, and it's like and, and the, that's that's how he's used here. It's like and then you have basically um, like the turtles turtles um and Splinter basically um, um going head to head with Shredder in like a um, battle royale combat in order to um, finally settling this um this dumb centuries old um like vendetta for all. And when you get to um, volume 13, part two of Vengeance, I mean, holy shit, man. It's like, it ends in a way that acts as a major turning point for the series in the sense that, well, let's say that, you know, I mean, Myron, you know, he's she's like the most easygoing and um, guy of the, member of the Ninja Turtles, right? Cor- yep, correct. Well, after the events of this series, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm leaving. I was like, I, I can't, I can't say what's, what's being done here.
2: Wow, so he just kind of does he? So he just kind of loses hope and decides he, not to do it anymore, not to fight anymore.
0: Well, yeah, you know, this is one of those things where I feel that it's going to like eventually detail into a storyline where they eventually like you know get Michelangelo eventually re- reconciles with his with his um, father and brothers because you know that's that's how these things always go. Right. Uh, but at the same time, though, I I don't want to get into spoilers here because what happens here basically, um, for lack of a better term, does offer a fairly definitive um sense of closure between the uh spirit between the clash between oroku sakai and it's like and hamato yoshi uh-huh. and at the same time it also basically um leads into a very big um status quo change with the uh with the turtles and splinter in regards to the relationship with, relationship with the foot clan and i give um you know props to uh um, Eastman, Tom Waltz, and also current co writer at this point, um, Bobby Kurnow, who's also the, the editor of the series, which, you know, like, you know, I want to diverge a bit to say that, you know, editors um, working as co writers in the series kind of con- um, conjures bad memories of, like, you know, 90s X Men, where, like, the editors seem to be driving all the stories at the expense mm-hmm. of the writers. But Kernow's um, addition to co writer doesn't seem to have, you know, derailed the series um, at, at this point. But, like, right now, the series, like, y- um, like I picked up um, of the stuff that um I got in the bundle, volume thirteen of the series, of Vengeance Part Two, was not part of it. Okay, I bought it, and it's like I'm like, well, shit, man, I want to read more now.
2: So let me ask you this real quick: How many volumes are there in this current story, like this current arc?
0: Okay, <laughs> Myron, that's a very good question. That cause that also leads into one of my biggest problems with on how IEW has put out the series so far. There are 13 volumes of the Ninja Turtles series proper at the Okay. However, there are also, let's see, two, four, nine volumes of ancillary material that also feeds into the series as well. Because, um... There are right now two volumes of of Ninja turtles micro series focusing on supporting characters like the Ninja turtles themselves and the good members of their, of their team. Mm-hmm. Villains a uh, micro series focusing on characters like Karai, Splinter, Bevel, and Rocksteady. Okay. Yeah, and um, then you've also got um so like the Mutanimals a um, mini which talks about like Old Hob and his crew, and um then the Utram Empire which is a um miniseries talking about the Fugitoid, Baxter Stockman, and Krang working on their stuff um, prior to the um, Attack on Technodrome arc. Mm-hmm. Um, the Turtles in Time series, which I'm still trying to figure out just when the hell this series is meant to take place <laughs> because um, it involves um, uh, one of the, this time-traveling um, character, um, uh, uh, Renan, or what's... What, I can't remember what her, her name is right now. Um, trying to... Uh, like, taking them through various points in, this, in the series... Various eras, including like you know taking the turtles back in time to when when Hamato Yoshi was still a human, and also the um Casey and April miniseries, which basically has them um, you know introducing more um of the immortals in the series. That's another thing. Um, the series also talks about um because like even though, like the um issue fifty, which is like like the climax of Vengeance Part Two. That's like it. Like I said it brings a close to the whole um you know um, Hamato Yoshi, um, Roku Sakai, Vengeance. Um, a vendetta business, but there's also there are also these immortal characters like like Kitsune and also um, the Rat King. Like, you know the Rat King, Mario. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's more badass in the comic book, but yeah, I he's remember the Rat giving, King. Yeah, he's been giving a big upgrade here in the sense that instead of just being some dude in rags who... Um, a homeless man. Yeah, he's kind of a, an immortal who it's um, also has kind of been um, who once like held sway over a good portion of the world, but is now like kind of, you know biding his time until he his power and those of his um, fellow immortals can be um, restored again. That's and that's the cool thing here because like you, even though it's like you know like like it's it offered like this like we've reached, reached closure for this one story, like um, Eastman, Waltz, and Kurnow have set up this um, other arc at the same time. So in the sense that you know, it's like, we've got like, you know, like the series, like, you know, has reached a big climax point. Like we've also, there's also like plenty to look forward to. It's like in the future here.
2: Okay. But, so this, so this
0: series is still ongoing. Yes, it is. And, but, but to get back, but, on my, but I need to get back to the, talking about all the ancillary stuff. Cause, <sighs> Oh man, it's like because buying it all at once from IDW, there is not a uh, recommended reading order included in um, the stuff I got from Comixology. Okay. I had to like piece together the stuff from reading the um, ongoing series and realize, okay, when is a good time to start digging into this other stuff? Okay, now is now is a good time. But it's, it gets frustrating when you start reading like stuff like the City Fall arc, and then you have to um, real, you realize that oh wait this character development let's pick a bit of character development regarding Casey Jones's father, who used to be a um, badass gang leader, but <laughs> then um developed devolved into this like um drunk abusive father, but then was restored into being a badass gang leader through the power of the ooze. Well, this that development was in one of the um villains micro series as well. Okay. Now I'm not saying now um, I will say that, you know, a lot of the um the writing and the art between the series is pretty consistent. But at the same time, though, it's like when you've got this um, big development in a um, pivotal arc that you're like, hey, oh, wait, I got to stop reading this arc and go read this other, and go read this, this um, one shot right here. Well, you're kind of doing things wrong here. You Like, you need to um, put these series in, it's like, in the... Relative order instead of just like you know, putting them in their own volume as
2: well. So, so just like just like in Marvel and DC comic books, you know, when you read an arc or read a story, there might be an asterisk saying, See, see Amazing Spider Man 251 or something like that. Do these comics have something? It sounds like it doesn't have a reference point at all. Okay, no, they they do have reference points. Okay, I will
0: will say that, but at the same time, it's kind of like you know, just reading this. While I'm reading this, I'm just, i just get to that point, and go, wait, you mean I gotta stop reading this and then go read this right now? It's like in order to get the full impact of the plot, it's kind of frustrating. And you know, it's like I will give IDW credit for the fact that, you know, the hardcover editions they've been putting out um do actually put these series put the uh the mini series these the uh mini series and one shots in appropriate reading order with the um ongoing series. Okay. Yeah, but at the same time, there are only two volumes of that out right now, which will take you up to probably about, uh, I think, like, issue 17 of, this, of the irregular series, plus, like I said, plus the one-shots and miniseries and all. Okay. So it's kind of like, so, I mean, like, like I said, I got a great deal with the uh, with the um, bundle from Comixology, but at the same time, you know, the fact that you know, you have to piece this together, like, I had to piece this together on my own end, it's so, like, it's still kind of frustrating,
2: and... Um, that- Go on. I'm sorry sorry to interrupt, but when you were talking about the hardcovers that put everything in order, was that the one on Amazon that was like forty bucks and it had like RAF on the cover? Yes. Okay, Uh, I'm going to look
0: into those. Yeah, it's like I got to admit, it's like you know, like that seems to be like the uh, the best way to do this, even though it's like you know, cover price is fifty less through Amazon as my as my described. But um, like I said, you're you're sure gonna be like following a bit like a bit ways behind the series right now because like at this point that I am, I, I'm just gonna keep buying all the turtle series that come out. But at the same time, though, like they've also announced um, a new ongoing series called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe, which sounds like it's it's going to focus on like all the, like, you know, the supporting cast characters like um like Old Hob and um and whatnot and all but also that like, there's going to be like. So many really further miniseries like Bebop and Rock City destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, and again, I guess re- I, I really like what they've done with Beebop and Rock City here. Who they basically made them just like you know like like losers who were um you know part, who were just kicked out of their gang beforehand. Then they hooked up with with um the Foot Clan. They were turned into you know rhinoceros, mutant rhinoceros, and warthog, and they were still kind of like losers. But at the same time, though, like the series does a great job of presenting them as being really really tough. This you know, like is conventional attacks generally don't really just like make them just, they tickle them really. Now, now when you when
2: you mention that they're still losers, do you mean like they're still numskulls as they've always been portrayed? Oh yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, they're still they're still um, num- numbskulls like in the in the best in the best sense, and they're like I said, it's they um like the writers have done a good job portraying them like you know basically like numskulls like, like, numbskulls who are still extremely powerful and like credible. Th- Threats whenever they show up because, whenever like they show up, you, you know like, it's not going to be like you know the turtles can just, can just uh, kick and punch them to um submission. They need to actually like, display a certain amount of creativity in order to take them out. Now let me
2: ask you this question. So you've you've mentioned old Hob several times as part of the like the the main storyline. Yes. As as badass as the turtles are, we've always known them to have very colorful and awesome like sidekicks or friends that might team up with them. From time to time, do we see any more characters like April O'Neil, Casey Jones?
0: Oh yeah, it's like um, April O'Neil is like she's she's a character from the very beginning. It's okay, a, she's a she's a, like an intern at stock at Stockgen.
2: Okay, it's interesting. Like,
0: she, yeah, she's um she's, in, she's she gets to know them gets to know them like in their you know pre mutant forms right away. Um, Casey Jones, he's still in there as well. Like I said, he's it's like he's basically um attending the same university as April on a hockey scholarship. But um, he also has to deal with you know like just business from you know from like just uh, his um his loser dad and also he gets he also winds up getting to know Raphael um before um like in the um in the original part of the series before um he uh, gets before he's reunited with his friends okay so like so uh, Casey's kind of like part of winds up being inducted into part of the family as well nice
2: so and and, and that's interesting how you're. You know, explaining this IDW series because um, what what's what's pretty awesome about the turtles, about them being around so long, and every iteration they've had. Every with every iteration, they they might tell like a different origin st- Like the origin is pretty much the same, but there's like a different way of like spinning it, and they might. Use the same source or the same source material, but spin it a different way. And what I mean by that is like when you're explaining this IDW series, uh, the 2003 cartoon series, it it started up in a similar manner where um, April wasn't a reporter; she actually worked in. uh, I don't think it was called. Uh, what, what was Baxter Stockman's company name? Stockgen. I don't think it was called Stockgen. I want to say it was like you know TCRI or TGR TCRI. Uh, they,
0: they also bring that into uh, into into the IDW series as well. I mean IDW like they they've been bringing a lot of stuff in here. I mean like like Slash shows mm-hmm. up as like a, as a character who was like you know, really start they um tried um mutating him in the same way that um that the turtles the, mm-hmm. the turtles were but things didn't work out quite like the same. And also, like, hey, was there a character called the Mutagen Man? Yeah, Mutagen Man, yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's like, what what was his deal?
2: Uh, In the cartoon, in the cartoon, I really don't remember. I just remember him more of a as a figure. But in this new series, um, he was like a, I believe he was like a, a dump truck driver or something like that that got caught in the line of fire and basically like in the line of fire with a battle between the turtles and and the Krang and, and Foot Clan because they're working together at that time. And uh, he became mutated um, during that crossfire and resented the Turtles for um, turn, turning him in, into what he is now. And I think, Donatello, I think Donatello actually took him in and felt guilty because he just basically became like a pile of ooze with eyes. And Donatello put him in this, like, container to, like, kind of study him and try to, like, figure out how to, like, reverse mutate him. But then he just kept mutating and grew arms and legs outside of the container. And so he's just basically a walking pile of mutagen. Um, But, like, like, the turtles had so many, like side characters throughout time. like There's even characters that were just only specifically created to make a toy out of and then just threw them in the series um, after the fact, or might have appeared once in a comic book and they decided to make a toy out of it. So, I mean, that's just... uh, in Cartoons and toys and companies have been doing that for years. Uh, Transformers did the same thing by killing off Optimus Prime and creating all these new characters so they can make new toys. I mean, that really drove... Uh, The franchise, like, after uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Lear kind of stopped doing the comic book series. But um, with this IDW series you're you're discussing right now, um, the early 2000s series, like, April worked alongside uh, Baxter Stockman. Um, The Turtles have already been mutated, but, you know, they explained their backstory instead of, like, showing it to us. But uh, Baxter Stockman was you know kind of behind the whole thing of like creating the mutagen and and how all that happened and meanwhile shredder or oroku saki was actually a fugitive uh krang uh, what's the name of their race utron utron he was a fugitive utron who landed or escaped and landed on earth back in feudal japan and the krang always wore like these robot Humanoid suits, not like the goofy one from the 80s, but you know, yeah. more more anatomically correct. And he basically uh a had died and he took over Orokusaki. He wore like an oko skin and became Orokusaki, and he survived for like thousands and thousands of years. But when you find out who he really is, he's nothing but a Utron, uh hell bent on taking over like our dimension. So the parallels between um that 2003 series and this new series or like, you know, they took pieces of it and just, re, you know, not reused them, but, you know, updated it and re, retold it. And I think that's in large part because Kevin Eastman uh, has been has been involved. I think, uh, I know Kevin Eastman's involved in this new uh, IDW series, but um, I can't remember if it was Peter Liard who was involved with just the cartoon series up until uh, 2009. But um, it's interesting that you're you're telling me this because you know this whole generational thing uh, really sounds you know a lot more uh, Japanese. You know, like a Japanese um, lore uh, story. So it's really it's really interesting. I gotta pick it up and read it.
0: Yeah, I got yeah. I gotta admit, like I I think it benefits like I the just benefits from getting from I, I got lucky when I found this um, on sale from comic this bundle on sale from Comixology. But I gotta admit, it's like it's been. It's like the more like the more I read of it, it's like the more the more involved I get, which like you know that that's that's a good good sign from any from any comics. I mean, to the point where like now that I'm I'm all cut up, it's like now I want like I'm just like jumping in the bit to go. Okay, well, what happens after vengeance? What like what do what's the new what's the new status quo with with Splinter and the Turtles going going forward? Because mm-hmm. you know I don't want to don't want to spoil anything, but it's like. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty juicy. I'll say I'll say that much. So like, really, it's like you know, the Ninja Turtles like gone through a lot of different mutations <laughs> over the years. But um, overall, but you know, like after, but at this point, you know, it seems that they um keep um they're they're coming they're um coming back from a position of strength at this point. And I will even say that you know after seeing the trailer for the new movie, it it doesn't look terrible.
2: Yeah, and 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 I, and I want to jump on that too because you know i'm when it comes to movies and, and and a lot of shows and cartoons i'm i'm known I'm known to be like someone who likes everything i mean i, I there's there, I do like a lot of movies and there are some that I, I agree are like AAA, A and there are some that are like you know it's kind of like a c c minus movie, but I still like it and enjoy it the The first Turtles movie released by Nickelodeon paramount oh dude that's probably I think that was probably like the first movie in many years before Batman versus Superman where I talked a lot of shit about. I was, you know, I, when they first showed off the turtles, I was a little apprehensive about their design, but then I became acclimated about it. And I I actually like them because, you know, they're realistic, you know, they're realistic and, you know, they're homeless turtles. They live in the sewer. So they have all this weird mismatched gear that they probably find in the trash. And I really like their look and design. I like the way... I like how they're animated, the way the their characteristics, everything's on point. But the story in the first one was just so awful. I was like, oh dude, like you're telling me that they start off as pets of April and then they reunite someday after they, you know, come in contact with mutagen and April's dad died, blah, blah, blah. The first movie was just horrible, in my opinion. However, the trailer for the second movie, I totally agree with you. Like it doesn't look as bad as the first one yet i said the same thing about the trailer (laughs) the for the first movie (laughs) however i'm really excited to finally see bebop and rocksteady in a movie because that's never been done before um adam uh steve Amel, as uh as you know him as you know green arrow on a cw show he plays casey jones and when they casted him I, i i really thought that was a good fit 'Cause Stephen Mell's a badass fighter in, in arrow, and I think that would, you know, translate well to Casey Jones. However, I kinda wish he still had um um uh, I, I kind of wish he still had that similar look like Elias Cote has had in the '90s uh, Turtles yeah. movies, where he had long hair, he looked greasy and grungy, and he just looked a like, he looked like a true New Yorker. Steve Amell still kind of has like that pretty, like clean look, where like he's been in fights, but he's you know he still comes out clean. Um, but you know we'll we'll have to wait to see the movie for that. Uh, we know that the Utron or Krang himself is in this movie, and I'm really excited how they're going to portray that. But one of the things I'm worried about is the first movie really didn't portray or present Shredder off too well for us. They kept him shrouded in mystery, and then he got like a Gundam suit at the end of the movie. <laughs> so we didn't really... And, th- and I think that was one of my biggest beefs of the first film, is that I don't think it really established too well um, the true beef between Shredder and Splinter and the whole... Um, the whole beef between the Foot Clan. Um, in, in the first movie, like it, it, it went with the same lines as like Splinter just mutating from a rat. He's not uh, Hamato Yoshi. Um, Splinter learned martial arts from a book he found in the sewer and taught his sons what he read in that book, and I really felt it cheapened uh, their background. So in the second movie, we're going to see more of Shredder outside of his uh armor and see who he really is. So I really hope they kind of recoup uh from that first mishap. But yeah, I'm I'm i I admit I'm I'm actually excited to see this version, this sequel. Um and throughout the years, just you know, as we talked earlier about like the history of the turtles, like one of my favorite media outlets for the turtles have always been the video games. And I think, you know, John and Jason and myself Come from that same era where, uh, once Nintendo came out on the scene, changed the video game genre. And I remember that first Turtles game. Oh my goodness. It was, it was so awesome, but it was the hardest shit ever, dude. And I still can't pass that jump in level three where you got to jump in the sewer and fight a uh, Mecha Turtle, but. Oh. <laughs> well, shit!
0: I never got past um, stage four in that one. So
2: yeah, but
0: like I haven't played an Ninja Turtles game since uh, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo. So,
2: oh, uh, and 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 you know what? That's that that game and the arcade game are probably you know they're pro- like the same engine. Those are like the best turtle games ever created. However, um, yeah, you missed out on a lot. Or you missed out on a lot of turtle games that release after Turtles in Time, but at but the I didn't same, I out on any good ones. Exactly. I mean, there was like a few. There, there might have been a few gems sprinkled here and there. Like I'm not sure if you remember uh, Tournament Fighters that came out on Super Nintendo and Genesis. It was basically a fighting game, like a Street Fighter esque uh, engine. Yeah, where, I that. yeah, they they had that afterwards. But when it came to, um, I don't think they had a p- presence on PS1 because they weren't out. They weren't back during that time, but during the PS2 era, uh, the 2003 series had a few games, and they were okay, but um, there's one coming out this May um, uh, for the PS4, PS4, Xbox One, and PC that looks fairly promising, and ever since Nickelodeon... Um, took over the, the rights to Turtles. They've had a few games based off the new cartoon series, and they're more geared towards kids than, um, than people our age. Like If you're looking to recapture that uh, Turtles in Time or Turtles Arcade kind of feel, uh, I believe those games don't have it, but this upcoming one, which is uh, um, developed by Platinum Games... So I believe that's going to be the Turtles game that's going to recapture my old school nostalgia. So I'm really uh, excited for some of these upcoming other media outlets uh, that they have going on with games and the movie. So yeah, the Turtles are back, and uh, seems like seems like they're going to be here to stay for uh, quite a while. I just hope that as they progress with the franchise and and the series and productions of toys, that you know they don't burn it out and just like and milk it because i mean you, you have a successful product going on but just remember that there's going to come a point where like your current fan base is going to grow up and now you're going to have to refresh and stay relevant to the next generation of fans so and i think that's uh you know that, i think that was like one of their first mistakes uh in the first place cuz after the series kind of fizzled out in the 90s like early, like mid 90s they had a live action series and that came on fox and it was uh Oh uh, what was it called? It was uh Turtles Turtles the next mutation. And I remember it was kind of like it was a live action show and they were kind of like re- trying to recapture that feel of like the movies, but then the show's setup was more like Power Rangers during that time and I think it came out during that time when like Power Rangers were hot, but it was just like oh it was hot garbage and they introduced a new character uh Venus de Milo who was like a A female turtle, and she was like, you know, the fifth member, and it just got like, just went over, over people's heads. It was, it was poor. So I just hope that with the new series they have now, they just, you know, keep giving us great stories, and you know, don't, don't rehash it. You know, don't rehash like, you know, sagas or any, any, any of these old tales. Just you know, keep it, keep it pushing, keep it fresh. So, yeah. Turtle Power forever, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like Turtle Power until the next until the next volume comes out from IDW. So, like I said, like the uh, the comics comics they've been releasing are, are are pretty great. So it's like like I said, you're probably gonna wanna um, pick up the hardcovers to like experience it in the um, way it's meant to be read, for lack of a better term.
2: Yeah, I think at this point, yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, I I like to get the volume, like the collected volumes, not only to read them in order, like you suggested, but I mean, uh, this series came out, um, you know, a few years ago. So trying to find back issues might be more difficult than, you know, just forking over the money to buy, you know, a big complete volume. So, like I said, growing up, like, you know, I never really, um, i've really never been like read the turtles comics like i've always saw them more as like cartoon figures in a a cartoon series but um i would really like to check out these particular uh these particular books and and more and more recently i haven't read them yet but i picked up uh, uh the crossover issues of batman and the teenage mutant ninja turtles and i did that more so because the art style on the cover is just, it, it looked fantastic to where I was like, oh, let me, let me take the gamble and check these out and see what Bruce Wayne and these turtles can, can do. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, 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 I still consider myself like a big turtles fan and shoot, even to this day. I still, I still buy these toys.
0: Sweet, I got to, and now I got to buy the comics. All right. So John, any thoughts on your end about all this?
1: Crang man. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, hey, man. Krang man, no, there was a, a robot chicken where uh, they made fun of, oh, uh, what's his name? The the mutagen M- man, mutagen man, you know, cutting a fart in front of April and the only them being the only ones there. And he says, uh, and, and he's like, Oh, it must have been Krang. And <laughs> like, it's not Krang, we're the only ones here. And he's like, Oh, yeah, 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 Krang man. <laughs> It's Like, just do it. Anyway, so, um, wow, I listened to a lot of what you guys said, and, uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I want to read it. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it, though. So, um, it, it, it's, you know, I, I like what, um, I like actually, uh, Myron, your history was really, um, pretty good there. I like that. Um, but, uh, you know, this series actually sounds, um, like something i want to read you know um i think that um uh myron demonstrated a lot of the concepts of kind of you know they've changed some things over the over the years but uh you know um they've basically kept the the internal formula intact thereby that's the reason why it's still popular right the core still remains yep so yeah those are my thoughts on it so um do you know what you're going to talk about next time
0: uh, next time, I think it's just going to be a roundup of sh- of shit I brought it. I bought it comic at a WonderCon, actually.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: because like I, it's like yeah. I, to be honest, I just want I want a couple weeks where I just want to sit back and read through all the stuff I I bought because some of it's some of it's been pretty interesting so far. Some of it's been well, not so much. Okay. Yeah, you know, like well, like um
1: Terminator versus Robocop and you know? all. Terminator oh, versus Robocop. Wow. Yeah, is that's that,
2: right. Is, is that from the nineties or the new or do they do anything new? Oh no,
0: this is this is straight from the nineties. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> straight out of the nineties. So all right. Well we'll catch you next time on Comet Picks by the Glade. All right. Laters. Thank right. you for having me on, guys. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Later.